So we've been talking, of course, the last few weeks about running your best lap. So our kind of our vision for 2022 across Family Church is to make 2022 our best uh, year yet for God to run our best lap, that the Christian life is like a journey or a, or a race. And the Apostle Paul often uh, talks about it being, being a race. You know, but God wants us this year to be our best lap yet, to be the best lap that we've run for God yet. We look at Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 2. The writer of Hebrews says this, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. So he's surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. The witnesses are talking about those in Hebrews 11, the great faith chapter where it talks about all the great people, Abraham, Moses, and Noah, and Gideon, and all those, uh, David, and and all those people that have done great stuff for God. So that's what it's talking about there. We're surrounded by those great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. Let's throw off everything that hinders and entangles us. And let's run the best race that we can for God. Amen? So it's time to take off your, kind of your lockdown slippers. We've been talking about this. To put your spiritual trainers on. And you know, let's get running for God into all that, has, all that he has for us. And there's certain things that can hinder us and entangle us. And we've talked about different, different things about unforgiveness. We've looked at so far. And Josh last week spoke about um, self-focus and, and how, that, how that hinders us when we, where we're just, just focused on self rather than focusing on God. Yeah, but the writer of Hebrews, he encourages us to, to leave those things behind. Because they, they will burden us. They will weigh us down. They will, they will entangle us and, and stop us from running that best race that God has for us. Amen. So what I want to talk this morning is, is just about uh, worries and anxieties and, and burdens and, and the way worries and anxieties and, and stress and those things that are, we face in life, they can very much burden us and, and, and weigh us down. And that is not God's plan for you. That's not God, God's plan for any of us. You know, and obviously we've just been, Wendy's just been praying for, or we've all been praying for Ukraine. Um, this is a second ago and have been loads obviously the last few weeks. You know, there's so much in the news right now, isn't there? It's, it's, a, strange, it's a strange time at the moment. Um, you know, but the reality is there have been a lot of strange things um, over kind of the last, last 100 years. You know, the Bible, you know, Jesus spoke about it in, it's recorded in Matthew 24, about kind of the signs of the ends of the age. And I believe that the end times started when Jesus went back to heaven. So this has kind of been like 2,000 years of the end times, but we're kind of you know, getting closer and closer. And, you know, the last 100 years has been a whole load of things, and there are two huge world wars and you know, some of you remember those, not the First World War, I guess. They're old enough for that. But some, some of you are old enough to remember the Second World War and then rationing that happened for like another 10 years after that where you still food was rationed until about the mid-50s and nuclear war was very, very close. And those of you know, you're a married to a history teacher, so you have to kind of know these, know these things. 1963, the world was five minutes from nuclear war, if you know about the kind of history of what happened in Cuba and the Bay of Pigs and, and America and Russia, thankfully, back down. But it literally was five minutes from happening. It was incredibly, incredibly close, but they both backed down. You know, and kind of that was kind of an ongoing issue with the Cold War and with the oil crisis in the 70s and different wars, Korea, Vietnam, 
um, and obviously Iraq, Afghanistan, and more, more recent times. This is, these have just been ongoing issues, 9-11. It's just been ongoing issues, sign after sign after sign after sign. Jesus said there'd be earthquakes and, and famines, and we've seen that in you know, the Great Famine in, in 19... It wasn't great, I mean, it was a big famine, <laughs> not a great famine. Big famine in the 1980s, remember Live Aid, for those of you around in that time, 1985, or 84 and 85. The huge famine there was in Africa, especially Ethiopia and that surrounding area. So this, these have kind of been ongoing signs, haven't they? Just to, and we had the banking crisis, 2008. The, world, the banking crisis around the world almost collapsed. Our own government said it was, again, it was about five minutes. Five minutes of collapse. If they hadn't bailed the banks out, the entire system would have collapsed. Well, certainly in Britain and probably worldwide. So that's why they had to put trillions in to save, save banks. So that was in 2008. Obviously, 9-11, 2001. Yeah, this has been sign after sign after sign after sign. And kind of here we are, you know, here we are again. So there's been a lot of stuff uh, that's happened sort of in the last um, 100 years. And, you know, in the news right now, it's just kind of... Cr- I'm not saying this to depress you, okay? okay? This is, I'm going to encourage you this morning, okay? But this is just realities, right? What we're seeing, isn't it? And you're watching news right now, it's just, again, it's just crisis after crisis after crisis, isn't it? You know, the day, the day, literally, the day our government announced that all the COVID restrictions were going was the day that Russia invaded Ukraine. It was literally the same day on that Thursday. You know, so it just seems like it's one thing after another. We've had this huge disease, obviously, spread all around, around the world, and thankfully, we're starting to come out of that now, praise the Lord. You know, there's the cost, now there's a cost of living crisis, which is a bit of an issue before, and now, obviously, the, the war in Ukraine has made us a whole, time, whole lot worse. Fuel prices are rocketing. Gas and electric's totally out of control. Um, I don't know what kind of rate you're paying for your gas and electric, but we've just, our fixed rate's just ended. We've gone to the government capped rate, and that's already about 50% more than we were paying before. They're talking about it's going to go up 50% again in October. Um, when the cap, when the government reviews, you know, the cap again. So it's, it's just, we're in strange times, right? You know, and obviously everything's just about kind of Ukraine, um, you yeah, know, quite rightly on the news at the moment and kind of all that's going on. So I'm not saying any of that to depress you, okay? These are just realities. Aren't this is this all stuff that's going on, um, you know, in, in our world right now. It just seems like it's crisis after crisis after crisis. But remember, this is what Jesus said would happen. So one, we, one, we shouldn't be shocked, I mean, we should be shocked on an emotional level. I think, you know, when you see all this stuff on the news, what I mean is but we shouldn't be shocked that these, these things are happening in that sense because Jesus said that there'll be sign after sign after sign after sign. These are all, these are all signs that are in the end times. You can read all that in Matthew 24, as I said. But I want to encourage you this morning, okay? I just think, oh, no, my life, this is, this is all, the world's terrible. This is awful, okay? But to give you, to give you hope, hope this morning, you know, there's always hope in God, Amen. There's always hope in God, and in every every crisis, there there is there is always hope, amen. So it's kind of it's kind of where we it's kind of where we look, where we where we where we putting our trust. You know, if we put our trust in the financial system, then you're probably going to have issues. If you put your trust in, you know, what the world puts their trust in, you know, it's all it's all just shifting sands. Everything's just shifting and just being shaken, isn't it? In in every every sense, what people put their what people put their hope in. But we have hope in Jesus, amen. And we know these are all signs. These are all signs, anyway. So I just want to start with a little story. Um, if you watched my prayer and fasting video that I did last month, when we did the whole ten days of prayer and fasting, you'll, you'll know this story. So forgive me if you heard it before. Okay, but I'll not share it again. And because it just talks about talks about fear, and that's what I want to talk about: just dealing with fear and anxiety and stress this morning, because that is not God's plan for your life. God does not want a single Christian living in in fear. You know, we say, that we're, we, we say that we're different and we say that we trust God and we say, that, you know, the Bible says we're in the world but we're not of the world. So, you know, it's when the world is, operate, is, is reacting in fear, and they absolutely are. You know, I believe that we should be people of a different spirit, amen? That as, as Christians, our hope is, is in God. 
We're not putting our hope in what governments, you know, grateful for governments and things they have to do. But our hope is not in governments, it's, it's not in people, it's in, it's in the almighty God. Amen? So anyway, in this, this, this story, um, last summer, myself and, and Wendy and the kids, we, we went to, when we come on the way back from holiday, we went to the uh, National Trust place. And this National Trust place was, was um, on a base sort of working, working for, we love National Trust places. Again, I'm married to a history teacher, kind of have to like these things. <laughs> anyway, but we like going to National Trust places and English heritage and all that kind of malarkey, as you do as a family. Anyway, so we went to this National Trust place and... Um, and it was on a working farm, so they had lots of farm animals, as you do. Now, one of the farm animals that they had, they had these huge shire horses. Everyone knows shire horses. They're huge English shires. They're the biggest, biggest breed of horse on the planet. They're absolutely massive. Um, they can weigh nearly, nearly a ton, ra- average around 800, 900 kilos. I mean, absolutely huge. Um, they're almost six foot high, just up to their shoulders. I don't know how many hands that is. They measure, they measure horse in hands. It's a weird measurement, isn't it? It's like 17 hands or something. It's, it's absolutely massive. Um, but almost six foot, just up to their shoulders. And they're incredibly, incredibly strong animals. And they, they kind of been bred to be strong, you know, before the in, internal combustion engine was invented. Then <laughs> um, they would do the, the, the legwork on farms, wouldn't they? They'd pull the plows and, and do all that kind of stuff and pull carts and all that, all that kind of stuff because they're just so strong and so powerful. Now, anyway, the reason for saying all this is in this particular context, I had this lady who was just kind of doing a talk about this particular shy horse, and they were training it. It was quite a young horse, but, but already massive. But, but young as a shy horse. And, and they were kind of training it to pull carts on this National Trust post because that was one thing they just did. You could, have, you could have rides and stuff. And they were training this one particular horse. Now, this one horse, it was, it was just funny to watch because it was actually quite a scatty horse and it, and, it was, and it was totally full of fear. And she just did a demonstration, but she was also just training the horse in the process of doing a demonstration. What she did was, she, so it's kind of in like this concrete stable yard and she just literally got this like white piece of tape you know, like gaffer tape, but white, white tape, and just kind of stuck it along the ground. And then she kind of just led the horse. And the horse literally would not cross the piece of tape. It was the most bizarre thing to watch. She was kind of just leading it across the yard, but as soon as she put this bit of tape down, the horse would not cross it. Like, I'm not going, I'm not going, I don't care what you want me to do. I'm not going over there. There's this massive, like, pantan horse would not cross this piece of tape. And she was just kind of explaining to those around us, uh, those who were listening, including us, um, just basically has to overcome fear. Often shy horses and horses just in general, especially if they're a bit scatty, they, they don't like anything new. Anything new can freak them out. That's why horses have to wear blinkers and stuff, isn't it? Often if you take them on roads, because cars freak them out, they get a bit scatty and, and, and bolt off. And Wendy used to have a horse and got thrown off a horse. Loads of times Elisa's fallen off a horse and been trodden on by a horse. All sorts of things. But anyway, so they can be a bit scatty, can't they? And, but it was just really funny just to kind of watch this. This thing that was so powerful and had so much potential and that just this fear of literally a bit of tape... That, w- that would stop it just from living out its potential. And it's kind of taught me a lot, just kind of watch it, it was funny to watch, but just taught me a lot about the paralysis of fear. You know, when we, we have so much potential within us in God, amen, but, but fear can so easily paralyze us. And when something new happens or something unexpected happens, and even in this case where it's just a trivial bit of tape, but something just different happens, we can, we can, fear can enter our hearts and we don't want to go with, kind of like cross that bit of tape into all that God has for us, and that's kind of a whole nother uh, sermon in itself about stepping to all that God has for us. But what I want to talk specifically was about was about fear, and it was just interesting. To watch this this huge horse of massive potential could easily have run off and crushed all of us, you know, because it's so massive, but just would not cross a bit of tape. And eventually, she got it to to do it. It was hard work, I and mean, it was an ongoing thing for her to train it. 
Now, but we should never ever live in fear or the paralysis of fear. And with all that's going on in the news, we should not be people of fear. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So with that, going back to that horse, that massive potential of that horse was not released until that fear was overcome. Right? You know, in, in, in the Christian life, there's a lot of in kind of internal battles uh, that we can face. Here's, here's just some examples. Is, is a Christian, do we make carnal decisions or do we make spiritual decisions? That's a big one. These are all kind of different sermons in themselves, okay? But these are examples, okay? Do we make carnal decisions or do we make spiritual decisions? That's, there's a biggie. Do we operate in faith or do we operate in doubt? That's another biggie. What do, we, what do we do when we face a difficult situation? Are we operating in faith or are we operating in doubt? Here's another one. Are we, are we problem-focused or are we solution-focused? And what I mean by solution-focused is, is Jesus is the solution. Are we, are, we, are we focused on our, on our problems or on our needs, or are we focused on whose solution is to our needs and problems, which is Jesus? Amen? But another one of those examples is fear versus courage. And this is a huge thing in the Christian life, to, to overcome fear in God and to step out into all that he has for us. And just to kind of just deal with, just deal with the realities of life. John 16, verse 33, Jesus says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Up to that point, it's really not very encouraging, is it? Oh, thanks, Jesus. In this world you will have trouble. But, so you have to read the rest of the verse, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Amen? So Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. In this world that we're in right now, there is a lot of trouble, Right? Yeah, and, and to be fair, you know, we're kind of looking at this from the West. I mean, there's people who are in a lot more trouble than actually us, aren't we? We're, we're kind of watching what's observing. You know, we're in a blessed position just to be, you know, observing what others are going through in, in many extents. But in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. Now, the Greek word there that, that's, that's recorded there in John 16, the Greek word there is tharsio, and it literally means have courage. When it says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. Jesus is saying, but have courage or be encouraged. That's what the word encourage, it literally means. It means putting courage into yourself. Discourage literally means removing courage from yourself. Okay? That's what the words literally mean. So what Jesus is saying, but be encouraged, because I have overcome the world. Amen? So God wants you to put courage in yourself today. Be encouraged. Whatever troubles you may be facing, whatever troubles this world is facing right now, and I've had a whole number of situations in my own life where, where God has just had to just, just teach me courage. You know, I love Joshua. Joshua, love Joshua. <laughs> love Joshua. We do love Joshua. Uh, we love Josh, uh, Joshua chapter 1. I lost my train of thought now. Uh, Joshua chapter 1. And, and it's great, just, just the whole kind of account and the discourse that happens there and where, where, where God is just speaking to Joshua and encouraging him to take them into the promised land. It's after Moses had died and kind of all the rebellion that had happened and the 40 years of wandering around in the wilderness, which has never been God's plan. Um, um, but Joshua ends up leading them into the promised land. I'm sure you know all the spiritual significance of that with Joshua's name meaning is from Yeshua, the same name as Jesus, and all that kind of that represents of Jesus leads us into the promised land. Um, you know, through, through the cross, etc. All that kind of is pictorially um, also showing that Joshua was a type of Jesus, kind of a precursor to who Jesus was going to be. Anyway, Joshua chapter 1, and it says over and over again, be strong and courageous. That's been a real blessing in my life when I've had to make some, some courageous decisions, just to be strong and courageous in God. God wants you to, be, to have courage in him. So be encouraged this morning, amen? Whatever troubles you may be facing. So remember, what we talk about this morning is about throwing off everything that hinders. So I want to specifically talk about throwing off those things that can be burdens, they can be fears, they can be anxieties, they can be stress and, and worries. God wants you to throw those things off. 
Because they, they will entangle you, they will burden you, and they will hold you back. In Matthew 11, Jesus said this, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen? So Jesus wants us to come to him. If we're feeling weary and burdened to come to him, and he promises he will give us rest. It's not God's desire for us to be weary or burdened or held down by things. You know, when you, when you watch the news and it's good to kind of be updated with what's going on, how, how do you feel after watching it? If you feel weary and burdened, I'd encourage you to take it, take it to Jesus. Amen? Because God does not want us living in fear or operating in fear or being, being discouraged. And, and I said this last week, there's a couple of times I've actually turned the news off just because it was starting to affect. And I, I genuinely, you know, obviously very empathetic with, and compassionate towards what's going on. But sometimes it just it starts to get into your head, doesn't it, genuinely? And especially for people like you, uh, Tanya, who've obviously got family there and everything else, it can so easily get into your, get into your head. I what's going to happen? Where, where's this all going to end up? Is this history, you know, is this kind of the 1930s again, history repeating itself? What, what's going on here? And these are kind of things that en- enter your mind, don't they? And then, you know, Putin starts talking about nuclear weapons and you kind of think, well, you know, God, what's, what's, where's this going now? But let's not let fear get into our hearts, amen? If you're feeling burdened and worried, let's give them, give them over to God. We can find all the rest that we need in Jesus. Jesus said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Now, obviously, being, being a Christian is a huge calling upon us, okay? Because it's not, it's not actually easy being a Christian, is it? But what, what Jesus is talking about was but about not being, being burdened. Sometimes, you know, the Christian life is not, is not easy. You have to be victorious in, in, in different, different things. It's not, it's not a piece of cake. But what Jesus is talking about, but don't take the yoke of kind of, you know, the sin of, on, upon yourself or anxieties or worries or stress. You don't need to be burdened by those things. His intention is for his, you know, our yoke to be easy and our burden to be light. We, you know, we can give our burdens over to God. Amen. 1 Peter 5, verse 6 and 7. Peter writes this. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. This is in the Amplified. I don't know if we got the Amplified up there. I don't know. No. Anyway, therefore, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. In the Amplified, it then got in brackets, set aside self-righteous pride. That's a whole other sermon in itself there, but, but, great, but great, great message. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. In other words, setting aside your pride. To go back to what Josh said, Josh Smith said last week. You know, about not being self-focused, about being God, God-focused. Amen. So, first of all, we need to humble ourselves. Which we, we, we know, you know, us, human, God's God, right? Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set, self, set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service at the appropriate time. Verse 7, casting all your cares, and in the Amplified it says, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all onto him. Amen? For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. That's encouraging, isn't it? Amen? That we, it says, cast all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all onto him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. So first to say is that God cares about you. Amen? That God cares about each and every one of us more than we can probably ever wrap our heads around how much God loves us and cares for us. He cares for us with deepest affection. He, he watches over us. Psalm 121 says about, about, talks about God. What David, David, King David wrote about, you know, God, he doesn't slumber or, or, or sleep. He, he's there during the day. He's, he's there at night. He's there, he's there watching you, you know, every step that you take. It's, it, it's, a, great, it's, it's a great psalm. 
God cares deeply and passionately about you. Amen? And because of that, we can cast or throw off our anxieties onto God. That's what we encourage you to do. That's what Peter's encouraging us to do, just to cast all our cares. So those anxieties, those worries, those, those stress, those concerns, they may be very real issues regardless of whether it's what you're seeing on the news, whether it's things in your own life or you know, kind of the cost of living crisis which is affecting us all probably in different, uh, different ways. You know, do we operate in anxiety or do we cast it over to God? Because God wants us to cast it on to him. You know, Jesus did that great discourse, doesn't he, in Matthew 6. I've got time to look at all the scriptures from it this morning. But his whole, his whole discourse on do not worry. Do not worry. Because what Jesus, and Jesus says this a number of times, he's like, it's pointless. I'm kind of paraphrasing slightly. But basically, it's pointless worrying. It doesn't change anything. Now, it's a natural human reaction, absolutely it is. But worrying doesn't change anything. Everyone learned that in their life. It doesn't change anything, does it? Now, it's a natural response to want to worry and, and kind of go into, I don't know, how can you put it, kind of control mode where you just want to control the situation. How do I resolve this? How do I get men and men in particular, notorious for doing this, but it affects ladies as well, absolutely. But men in particular, I would say, um, if I can say that, that kind of just go into, I've got to sort this mode. This is my job. This is what I do. I'm, I'm a husband. I've got, I've, got to, I've got to sort this out. And, it's, and, and of course, there's a responsibility on us, those of you who are husbands here, there is a responsibility on us, to obviously, to lead our family. But the, ultimate, but the ultimate reality is only God can sort these things out. Amen? It's not for us to try and fix everything, right? And that's for, true for ladies as well, of course. I thought I'd say that. <laughs> anyway, but he does this whole discourse, doesn't he, in Matthew, Matthew 6, about do not worry. Seek first the kingdom, all, all, you know, seek first God's kingdom and all his rights. All those things that we can worry about, whether it's clothes, whether it's food, and all those things that we can worry about, God knows that we need them anyway. And he promises to revise them. So Jesus is saying, but so why do you worry about this stuff? It, it, it's, it's pointless. It's not, it's not going to change anything. You know, and Jesus, you know, Jesus wasn't just like a really laid-back guy. Okay? He just had no concerns. Jesus had a whole load of concerns and a whole load of issues that he faced, but he just had total trust in his Father. That, that was Jesus' you know, position on everything. You, and you see over and over again, it's recorded that at the beginning of the day, he would go up on a mountainside to get away from everybody because the crowds were always following him. And his disciples were always around with him and annoying him sometimes, I guess. Um, some of the things they did. Um, he'd, he'd go up on a mountainside to pray and just to get away from everything just, and then just, get, just commit the day uh, to his father. He had total trust in God. Amen. So, so worry is essentially pointless. It doesn't change anything, does it? It might make us feel better in the sense that we kind of think, well, now I'm doing something about it. But it, it's pointless. It'll keep you up at night. It'll cause you issues it can cause physical issues in, in my past I had some physical issues that were caused by by where I got so stressed it, it was causing me a whole issues uh, issues with eating my whole digestive system went a bit kaput um, and for, for probably a couple of years actually it was kind of an ongoing issue and now totally resolved praise praise God and God had to teach me a lot of stuff in that about do I truly trust him do what do I truly trust him amen anyway so we can cast and throw off our anxieties onto God and what's, what's amazing is as we do that, there's a divine exchange that takes place. And we often talk about the divine exchange of the cross. And, um, you know, Jesus took all our burdens and took all our sin. And, and now we have freedom and redemption and restoration. All those things we now have through the cross. But this also happens when we cast our cares onto him. Because what he does is he takes our burdens, takes all those worries, our stress and anxiety. And he gives us peace in return. You know, the Bible talks about, I haven't got this one on screen, but that peace that passes all understanding, it guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, Paul talks about. 
So when we, when we give him our burdens, when we lay those things before him and say, God, I don't want these things anymore, this anxiety, this stress, this worry, this panic attacks, I don't know, whatever those situations may be, maybe your mental health is affected, when you give them over to God, then he gives you peace, and a supernatural peace in return. It's not peace that's based on, on situations or circumstances, it's an, it's an impartation from God, it's amazing, the peace of God, it's an, it's an incredible, incredible thing, it's been amazing to watch that with you, Stacey and, and Dave. Is to see the it's a, it's a supernatural thing. There's no explanation, is there? It's not that, well. Oh, we're just laid back people. We just didn't worry about it. It's not. It's far. It goes far deeper than that. It's a supernatural impartation of peace in the in those circumstances. Amen. Right. But that's that's what God does. It's a divine exchange. As we cast our cares onto Him, He imparts peace to us. Now the Bible says that we can bring all our requests to God, whatever we're feeling anxious about. Paul writes this, Philippians four verse six. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So Paul says, saying, don't, don't be anxious. But again, if the stuff you're feeling anxious about, or worries, or stress, bring them to God. And as Peter encouraged us to do, cast them, cast them onto God. We come up by prayer and peti- petition. And that incredible divine exchange that takes place. You know, the key in all of this is trusting God. Now, when it comes to trusting God, it's one of those things that's easy to say and a whole other thing to do, isn't it? It's easy, easy to say you trust God. Oh, yeah, I just trust him in every circumstance. <laughs> Aren't I amazing? Okay. But it's a whole different thing in reality, isn't it? When, 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 when circumstances go kind of skew with, when, they, when things go off course, when things are unexpected happen, and all this stuff that's on the news, and all this kind of stuff, and, and you know, maybe you're starting to think about this. About, we've, myself, I'm just being honest with you. Myself and Wendy, we've had conversations about this. You know, what are we going to do if our, our electric, you know, but, um, I'm not going to say how much we currently <laughs> pay a month because it's probably not appropriate from the front. But what we currently pay for gas and electric, we're offered a fixed rate. It's literally £200 a month more than we currently pay. It's, it's insane. That's what they're offering us, our current supplier. It's like, how, how are we going to pay for that? These are genuine conversations. And this is before October when it's, you know, um, expected to rocket again. You know, these, these, are real, these, are real, these are real things, aren't they? Real uh, kind of, and real... Um, kind of conversations and you know when he's been on a pay freeze and teachers have had pay freezes since since the banking crisis since 2000 2008 they've barely had a pay rise in what was it 14 14 years now since teachers had a proper pay rise you know so these these are very real issues kind of kind of sorry sorry you are a tither yes well, we, we are tithers, yes. We are tithers, yes. So I trust the totally God, okay? So I'm just saying these are real... Co- the reason I'm just using that is just these are real conversations. Okay, but where is our trust? You know, we, we totally trust God. You know, tith- and Wendy just mentioned about tithing, and tithing is a, is a, is a great example of that because it, it shows whether you trust God or not. Okay? You know, and uh, uh, to me, tithing is just quite a simple principle. We can either... We can either keep 100% of all that we have, or maybe just, just give a little bit here and there, we'll stick a five-pound note in or whatever, if we've kind of got that spare in our wallet. Or, and just kind of think, well, okay, God, I'm just, I'm just doing that for you. Or, you can, you can give the 10% that's God's anyway. He says it belongs to him. That's what Scripture says. We're not giving him anything. It is his. Right? Yeah, we have ni- but then we can have God's blessing on our 90%. Now, I know what I'd rather have out of the two. I'm serious. You can either have 100% of your money, Without God's blessing on it, he never promises just to bless our finances unless you put him first in it. So we can't claim a, a blessing of God over it because the scripture doesn't say that. Okay, but when, when we tithe, what God, God does promise, he'll bless that. And you can read all that about, about that in Malachi uh, chapter 3. About God's blessing, he said he'll pour out the windows, windows of heaven. 
so I'd rather have God's blessing on my 90%. I don't know about you, I can only speak for ourselves. Okay? And, uh, we've believed in tithing right since before we, before we married. We had a joint camp before we married and have tithed since 1990, whenever it was, 1996, 1997, I think it was, when we got engaged. Anyway, because we believe it's a really, really important principle to put God first. I'm not saying that to show off, hey, aren't we great? I'm just saying it's because it's a principle that we believe in. Right? And I believe it's what Scripture teaches. And, and we've seen God provide and provide and provide and provide in some crazy financial situations we found ourselves in a couple of times uh, where, where God has just miraculously uh, provided and provided for us with a house and in, a possible, in an impossible situation. God, God is amazing. So anyway, do we trust God? Not just with our finances, but just with every area of our lives. Do we truly trust God? Do we trust God with our kids? Do we trust God with our house, with, with, with our job, with, with our spouses? Do we truly trust God? Do we trust God with our health, with, with our finances? These are, big, these are big questions, right? Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. says this, Solomon wrote this, Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge and recognize him, and he will make your path straight. And in the Amplified it says, And he will make your path straight and smooth, removing the obstacles that block your way. To trust and rely confidently in the Lord with all your heart. Not, not with a bit of your heart, not with some of your heart, not with 99% of your heart, with all of your heart. Amen. Don't rely on your own insight or understanding. Again, this is, this is the thing that can be so easy to do. And I just said about the conversation myself and Wendy have had about, about finances and stuff. You know, when you see this stuff on the news, it's so easy to go into, I've got to get into my own understanding mode, my own insight mode. What do we do in this situation? No, don't rely on your own insight or understanding. You don't, you don't know what God knows. You can't provide in the way that God can provide. Amen? Everyone agree, right? Because he can provide, super, we, can, we can do natural stuff, but he can do supernatural stuff. It's, it's a whole different ballgame when it comes to God. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him. He will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. So do we truly trust God? Do we trust him with every single area of our lives? Do we lean on our own understanding, just trying to work, work everything out and fix everything? Or are we leaning on, on just leaning on God and saying, God, I don't, I don't know what to do. Remember, God knows, if you don't know what to do, God knows that anyway. Okay? I don't, God, I don't know what to do, but I'm just going to totally lean on you and trust you. Amen? No, then it says he will make our paths straight or remove obstacles that block our way. So he will remove those, as we, as we trust him, he will remove those obstacles of fear, of anxiety, of worry and stress and those, those burdens that, that, can, that can weigh us down or, or, on our mind. He will remove those obstacles and then we can run our race for God. And it's all going back to running our best lap for God. Because these are things that will burden us. But when we've laid those things aside, when we've cast them over to him, when we've made the choice just to, just to fully trust him in every situation, then we can then run our race for God, totally unburdened and, and totally free. Amen? Just, just in the way that Jesus did. Man, Jesus had some serious things he could have worried about, right? <laughs> in the life of Jesus. You know, where people would let him down and people wanted to, people wanted to kill him and, and people misunderstood who he, who he was and he was constantly criticized. Every time he did something good, he was criticized, especially if it was on the, on the Sabbath. You know what I mean? There's just, just constant criticism after criticism. You can't even imagine what that would be like, right? You are as the son of God and, and people are supposed to understand who, who you are. And of course, it, Jesus, it didn't surprise Jesus. Jesus knew how some people would react. But it's just constant criticism and you know, and his disciples were just, well, his disciples, they didn't always get it, did they? And they, some of them were jostling for position and wanted to be great. And Peter was, had his own kind of issues, just saying the first thing that came into his head. And, and you know, there was sort of temptation in the desert and all the kind of that went on. And, and you know, Jesus had to do with a whole lot of stuff, right? I would agree. 
but Jesus still didn't worry. And that's what, that's what amazed me. He still did not worry about stuff. And it's not just, like I said, because he's Mr. Laid Back. It's because his trust was totally in his father in every single area of his, of his life. So Jesus completely ran his race completely unburdened and completely free. And, that, and, and that's what's amazing. And that's, that's a great example to us. That Jesus was not held back by anything, was not entangled by anything. He just, he just, ran, his, just ran an incredible race you know, for God and, and accomplished all that he needed to do. Amen. As our, as our Lord and Savior. But we can run our race for God be un, uh, unburdened and free. So take heart from that. Going back to what I said earlier, that word Thasia that, that Jesus said about take heart. Be encouraged today. Amen. Be encouraged that we can cast everything over to God. And this will change your perspective you know, with all that's going on, the crazy stuff that's going on in our world today. With this kind of you know, crisis mentality that's in, and it's just crisis after crisis after crisis after crisis, and, and the news has been like that for like a, probably a couple of years now, isn't it? There's kind of not much good news, is there? Just just one thing, just one thing uh, after another. But it's things being shaken. So one, don't be surprised by what's going on, okay? Because Jesus said said these will all these will all be signs of the end times and the end of days. But let's let's look up and keep our hope in God and our trust in God. And, and if stuff's starting to, whether it's stuff on the news or just stuff that's going on in your own life, the things that are burdening, weighing you down, financial issues, health issues, whatever it may be, relationship issues, I, I don't know what the context might be for you, job issues, I'd encourage you to cast those cares onto God because he cares for you. He cares for you deeply and passionately. And then he, then he can give you the divine exchange of peace. You know, we, too often we, we ask for the peace of God, but we haven't cast that stuff off. So it doesn't have the effect that it should have. Because God wants to impart his supernatural peace that passes all understanding. But if we're still burdened and worried, our thought process not sleeping, all that kind of stuff, it's not going to have the full effect. Does that make sense? Because we haven't cast that stuff off. There's an, there's an onus on us to do something about it. It's, it goes back to that kind of old adage about, you know, we do the natural and God does the supernatural. And that's what it is when we cast our okay, we're, we're naturally doing something about it. Say, God, I'm casting these things and, you know, name them, do whatever you've got to do. Say, God, I'm going to give them to you, do this every, do this every day, do it ten times a day, if that's what it takes. Because the devil will try and bombard you again, even once you have cast it. So if you've got to keep on doing it, keep on doing it. But God can't impart his supernatural peace until we cast that stuff off. When we've done the natural, he can impart his supernatural. Amen. So God cares about you. And let's be people who totally trust God. Amen. With all that's going on in the news, with all that's going on in your own world, totally trust him. That our lives are completely safe in his hands. And have courage this morning. Be encouraged. Don't, don't be discouraged. You know, we're, we're, we're people of a different spirit. And then we've been brought out of the dominion of darkness and brought, brought into the kingdom of light. We're not of this. We're, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're, we're, we're different people because, because spiritually we're alive. Amen. God, God is, we know what God has done for us. We know that we're, even if everything did go horribly wrong in the world, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but even if everything did go wrong, we're going to go to heaven anyway. We know where our security is. You know, we know where our peace is. We know, we know the reality of, of eternal life and what, and, and what that means. That none of us are going to be on this world forever, but we, we know where we're going. Amen? And even in that, that brings so much peace, doesn't it? Okay? Because we know where we're headed. Amen? So let's be a people that cast things over, over to God. Let's all stand this morning. Just going to pray for, pray for you all first. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, I thank you for every single person here this morning. 
Lord, you, Lord, you know their individual circumstances and what's going on in their world. And Lord, and, and, and what's going on in the wider world that we're all kind of exposed to um, at the moment, Lord. It would be so easy to let fear and anxiety and worry and stress, Lord, get into our hearts. Lord, but we want to be, a, Lord, a people who get beyond that. Lord, we want to live victoriously. Lord God, we want to find all our courage in, in you. Lord, we thank you, Lord. You, you told us to take heart, Lord, to be, to be encouraged because you have overcome the world, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that we can totally trust you in each and every situation, Lord God. Lord, and we just choose, Lord, to be a, a group of people, Lord, who cast our burdens over to you. Those, garden, the, the, those, those burdens of, of, of just thought processes that are not good, or, or anxiety, or stress, or worry, or men, mental health, and sleeplessness, and all those things that can be signs of just being burdened by stuff, Lord, we cast them over to you right now in Jesus' name. Lord, and that's what you told us to do. Lord, you paid the monumental price on the cross, Lord, so that we could be free from this stuff. Lord, you took the whole burden of sin and every burden, Lord, upon you. Lord, so we cast those things onto you right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we want to live in freedom. Lord, and we know, Lord, as we do that, Lord, that divine exchange that takes place, your supernatural peace that passes all understanding, it guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, Lord, that you impart that into us. So we pray for every single person now, Lord, that you would just impart your supernatural peace. Lord, whether there's worries about what's going on in the wider world or in their own circumstances or both, Lord, we just know your supernatural peace in the mighty name of Jesus. In every situation, Lord God, Lord, we find all our security, Lord, in you. Lord, help us to make great decisions, great financial decisions. We might have to make a few decisions or shift things around or with all that's going on. Lord, give us just great wisdom in that. Lord, in, in, in our families and our finances, Lord God. Help us to be a people, Lord, that always put you first in our finances, Lord, because we know that's a sign of Lord, whether we trust you or not. Lord, and we, just wanna, we don't want to lean on our own understanding. We don't want to try and work everything out, Lord God. Lord, we just say, Lord, we trust you. Lord, and you promised, Lord, to make all our paths straight, Lord, to remove every obstacle, Lord, remove those obstacles of worry, stress, anxiety, and every burden in Jesus' name. Lord, we want to run free. Lord, we don't want to be entangled by stuff. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, may we be transformed by the renewing of our minds, that our minds are focused on you and not what's going on around. Lord, may we be people of faith, Lord God. Lord, may we walk by faith and not by sight, not by what we see around us, Lord, but we walk by faith with our, with our hope and our trust in you. Lord, you're an amazing, amazing God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to pray a second prayer as well, just to give anyone an opportunity to invite God into their lives this morning. Or maybe you just need to get some things just back on track with God this morning. You've just kind of gone off the path that God had for you. And God's just waiting for open arms, with open arms, just for you to come back and just to run back into his arms this morning. So if that's you, I just encourage you to pray this prayer and to mean it with all of your heart and God will come into your life and bring restoration. Let's always pray this together. Thank you, Jesus, for your incredible love for me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I invite you now into my life. Thank you for taking my burdens upon the cross. I ask now for your peace to fill my heart. I want to make peace with you. I want to know the promise of eternal life. I want to live for you. Unburdened and free. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, or if you're getting things back right with God this morning, or you've never ever prayed a prayer like that before, and you're just you're inviting God into your life this morning, I want to just ask everyone's.
just uh, got their heads bowed and eyes closed, if you just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me this morning, because we'd just love to chat with you and, and to pray with you afterwards. Do anyone this morning? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, you're so wonderful. You're so, so good, Lord. Lord, we put our hope, Lord, we put our trust in you. Lord, as we encourage you to do there in Hebrews, Lord, to keep our eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith. Lord, we fix our eyes on you. We don't look at the storm around. We don't look at the wind and the waves. Lord, we build our life on the rock. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the security we have in you. You're a wonderful, wonderful God. And we, Lord, we choose, Lord, to be people that just run unburdened and free for all that you have for us. And all you desire us to do for you. In the mighty, precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.